everyone. Welcome back to another Centurion Leadership Italian podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. Um, again, Elena's out with a healthy baby boy. Congrats, Elena. Everyone's been asking in, so we'll make sure we give Elena lots of love and let her know everyone's thinking about her. So today we're back with another Pillars of Leadership podcast. I want to continue down this road. I think we're doing a really good job here with the content that we're talking about, the things that we're producing. So that being said, today's topic is about exposure. We talked about experience and education before. Um, that being said, I believe that you need a good educational foundation that's guidance by your parents, by your teachers, by your school, by your coaches, um, young in life, um, and throughout your life. Um, it's a continuous thing. And then on that, experience helps build. But the thing that we often lack is we get stuck. And there's many more ease amongst all these pillars of leadership that we're talking about and that we're developing here. So in order to do that, we have to sort of break down everything a little bit better. And we have to make sure that we understand what it is that actually has built up the layers of great leaders in history, what are going to build up the great layers of future leaders and what it's going to take, and what are some of the things we've missed historically or lack in understanding that we can enact in, in every day in our lives some of these ease that make us better leaders naturally. So, you know, that's what we're going to talk about today is exposure, um, which to me is one of the most important ease. And with all the education and experience in the world, the you can have plenty of success with education and experience. I do believe that. But I also know that the individuals who go expose themselves to the world. I'm not only talking about other cities and other countries. I'm talking about food. I'm talking about uh, diversity of food that you expose yourself, diversity of animals you expose yourself to, diversity of animals that you embrace in your life and support in your life. So there's an exposure here that needs to happen. And here's why. One is we often think that the rest of the world is exactly like us, particularly in the United States, and we pass judgment or we have ideals of the world that aren't true. We don't see how the rest of the world lives, and it's not just because they're in another country or, or because they have less education or experience, okay? Because you can have lots of education, you can have lots of experience and still end up in poverty, okay? It is part of life. So that being said, you, we as humans, sorry, we as humans have to think about what is our exposure? What are we getting exposure to? What are the things that we're being influenced by? Okay, because this is part of what I'm talking about. What are we being impacted by? What is being influenced on us? We get that through exposure. Are we going to India to see the way 1 billion plus people live in the world? How are you going to lead in a world if you don't see how a billion people in the world are actually living? Are also living differently amongst all their differences that happen there. And everyone sees India or China as one country, but there's a lot of differences within those countries. And a lot of individuals that are have more in common than they are different, but 
different in that their traditions are different, their languages are different, their heritage is different, their legacies are different, their belief systems are different. They're, in India, in this case, their beliefs in Hinduism may be different, no different than in Christianity, how we have different Christian churches or beliefs within Christianity. So, it's important that we go expose ourselves to these places. It's important because how do you want, how are you going to lead? How do you even understand what's going to take to lead in your community if we don't understand the world? And yes, is what's needed in our community not necessarily what's needed in the world or in other communities? Yes and no. Right? What's needed in every community in the world? Leadership. Period. How do you get better at leadership exposure? And whether it's not the exact same thing, maybe they need water in this community, and we have plenty of water in our communities in the United States. It's problem solving. It's leadership. It's the growth of that community. And someone once did it here in the United States and led that way, so we can help go export knowledge or export time or export skills to gain leadership skills to bring back with us to understand the world better and leverage what we have in our voices here in the United States to do good. Okay. Exposure gives us the ability to see the world, to understand the animals that we're a part of the animal kingdom with. We get to understand other Christians or Muslims or Jewish people, or Hindu people, or Buddhists, uh, humans, I should say, Hindu humans, Muslim humans, Christian humans, Buddhist humans, because that's what we are. But we're part of the animal kingdom no matter what. And no matter what else we believe in, we have great power and responsibility. Exposure will tell you that. We have so much power as humans. With our technology, with our brain power, with our hands, just the ability to use them, the things that we've developed, and just in the, the ability to use our hands, how much care can we give to an animal? What are we able to build for animals and ourselves? Exposure shows you that history repeats itself and what are the signs of when history is going to? How do you prevent it from? Okay, education can teach you history. Experience can make you a part of it. But exposure tells you how it all enacts out and what happens and when it's coming. You can see it happen in other places. You see what other places are going through right now. Some of these places were once great. Part of the Greek Empire. Under Alexander the Great, huge empire, some of these places. Some under other empires, Genghis Khan. You name it, these grand empires we hear about. Roman Empire, Byzantine Empire. They once, these cities, some of these cities were the greatest cities in the world. And now they're living in poverty and trying to figure things out. Some of them lived under communism during the USSR. Exposure will show you what happens. We think that humans are just like us and they have the ability to think just like us, but what we don't understand, and if you're Christian, I'm going to say our will versus God's will, 
and uniting them. But here's the part that's our will. It's what makes us part of the animal kingdom. And it's what attaches us to all of God's creatures and everything he created. And if you're Buddhist and Hindu and Muslim or Jewish, there's this lineage here that you need to grow the world around you. You need to take around, you need to take care of your kingdom or the place that you live. The way it's viewed even in Native American religion is different, obviously. Some people want to go to war. Some people see it as violent. Some people see it as peaceful. I understand all the differences, but what exposure tells me is that there's a commonality, growth in the humans and taking care of the animals in our planet around us. That's the main common thing, guys. And everyone wants to procreate to spread their impact and influence. Okay, everyone wants to have more impact and influence and have greater. But what we're all trying to do, even though we all see it differently, is the same thing. We're just, exposure tells me and shows me and shows us that our surroundings condition us just like animals can be conditioned. Okay? No different than Pavlov's dog that we all understand with the bell ringing. It goes back to that. Okay? Generation after generation of poverty, you get conditioned to accept it. Generation of generation of slavery, you become more conditioned to be suppressed. Okay? You become, these are things that happen in society. So without positivity, without people trying to build them up in their communities, and religion does a lot of this, guys. It brings a lot of positivity and purpose to people and calling. Exposure tells me that, regardless of religion. But it's important that exposure shows you all these different things because you can't lead a world where... We have this idea that it's human versus human. And we can't live in this world where we aren't in unison with the animal kingdom and the plant kingdom and the world or all the organisms, the bugs, everything that we're a part of. Can we worry about saving everything? Well, no, it's part of the ecosystem and humans have expanded well beyond just a few thousand humans in Africa at a time or across the world when we had different human species. So what we have to think about is, is what is our impact and our influence? And it's people like, Oh, here goes just again, give up my possessions, give up what I'm doing. I'm not saying that I'm, what I'm saying is exposure will tell you that the solution is a well-rounded diet of diversity and eating. And we talked about it last time about more animals and our diets as Americans in particular. Other countries can develop ones as well. Kangaroos in Australia, for example, I know everyone's going to get mad, but it's a possibility. You let the population grow, you grow them, you also gain, gain them out of the population for food and feeding people and give diversity and utilize the whole animal. Okay? It's not unheard of. It's just our the human constructs of our minds tell us that it's not okay. Okay, we construct these things in our mind. And whether it's been diversity in our food or taking care of our planet or taking care of our animals, Noah's Ark, or regardless of whatever religion you are, similar stories, take care of the animals around you. Even if it means eating them, 
that's part of the passing on. That's part of them serving their purpose and their calling to sustain life. And we as humans have great responsibility and we transcend almost into this great power. We are superheroes on our planet. Exposure tells me that we are also the greatest villains ever on our planet but we have the ability to be the superheroes and will there always be less superheroes than villains? Of course, it's easier to be a villain. Exposure tells you that also. Exposure also tells me that the people that are always mostly taken advantage of aren't the rich and aren't the middle class. It's the poor. The poor get taken advantage of. They get conned. They get schemed. Why? Because they're desperate. Okay. I'm not saying the poor, I'm to classify them differently and I don't want to separate myself from them or anyone that's not what I'm trying to do or separate poor, middle, or upper class. But we often put poor in this area, but I want everyone to understand that what exposure has taught me that in poverty, which no matter how bad it ever gets for Justin Bizarro, I have will never have that poverty. Okay? I have an education. I had upbringing. I was born in the United States. These are all privileges and entitlements that if I'm not careful with could damage my own character because I get cocky with them. Exposure tells me that also. We have to go expose ourselves to the world and get out of our bubbles, get out of our country clubs, get out of our golf courses, get out of whatever it is that we're doing, kids soccer practice and Churches do this, okay? This is not like, this is something new, okay? Christianity, and I've had exposure to Islam with my ex-wife, and I dated a girl in high school for a very long time, and she was Jewish, so I have a lot of understanding and really embrace and want to learn what it is. And it's just engulfing everything I can, including Buddhism and Hinduism and, and any religion and understanding human tradition and history that I could. There are patterns there that make us more the same in our religions than different. The growth of the humans and the world around us and protecting our kingdom, which is the earth, being most important. And one of the most brilliant things that I see, and maybe everyone else sees this also, but if you look at what Elon Musk is doing and what he is building, he is history repeating itself in Noah. And maybe it's not him directly that leaves, but eventually we're going to outgrow our planet. And in order to help save our species and the species that live on this planet, we're going to have to divide at some point. Some are going to have to leave with the animals and go off and try to figure things out. And you're going to need solar power and solar cars and things to survive and figure out how to grow things organically and indoors. Okay, that's not 3D printing food, guys. Like, I get it. I see the purpose in it. But we need to take the animals with us, and we need to leave animals behind to, cr to continue to move on and prosper and preserve, because that's the right thing to do. So, again, I'm taking a far stretch here, but we're talking about history repeating itself. So what is that? What is happening here? We have a lot of power to eat our way, 
to drink our way, to live our way to a future that's better than ours. And everything in exposure, and guys, go expose yourself to the world. Your opinion could end up different than mine. I want it to be that way. The more exposure, though, the more understanding we have. And the more opinions we have on a worldly view on what it's going to take to be one world. Because as we grow and as we have to go off to other planets or other places, which is a very realistic thing, guys. We see it. We're launching satellites. We have space things going out to find us places to live. We're developing and harnessing solar power. Which, why is that important? Why is the fossil fuel thing and the solar thing more than just about this planet? Because solar power allows us to go thrive on any planet that has a sun allows us to take our animals and our plants with us to help us survive to anywhere. Because once we harness solar power, we can grow indoors and we can use things we learn from organic farming and things we learn from indoor farming and aeroponics and aquaponics and bringing fish with us and create these closed cycles indoors that can go with us. But we've got to take the animals. Guys, we can't process food and take it with us. We've got to create life and bring life with us. That's important that we understand this. Okay, if I'm dying, do I, can, do I need to 3D print a piece of bread? Probably. Not saying that. What I'm saying is that we can do that stuff. Okay, there's probably value in it in getting people nutrition and keeping people from starving. But the reality is, is if we became more a part of the animal kingdom, we wouldn't need the science in the same way. The science would be is how do we use nature as a way to complement our science. So 3D printing, I, I agree. But things are designed over thousands of years to break down in our bodies to give us certain nutritionals and compound with other things to give us benefits that we don't even understand yet been in food my whole life we every year new stuff comes out about how food and combinations of food like fat and starches or things in the brain make us better or develop us more as humans so if we go off and we only have plant-based protein the possibility is de-evolution it's very real guys and i'm not saying that because i'm an expert i'm just saying that because food provides nutrition the compounding of food in in vitamins and minerals in the way that it happens through the plants and animals that we eat the based on the way that we're designed based that the way that all animals are designed deers eat apples they're in my yard all the time eating apples out of our tree so they eat fruit they eat plants they eat grass they eat pears they eat apples they eat corn They eat trees, they eat bark. So, like all animals diversify their diets. A coyote doesn't only eat a squirrel. It'll eat a dog. It'll eat a rabbit. It'll eat a raccoon. Okay, it's diversifying its diet because it needs that for survival. But what it's also doing is getting a diversity of nutrients and minerals which break down in that animal who's also getting diversity of nutrients and, and stuff and so on and so forth. And it's good for the world and we want to bring that with us. That's the story that we miss. And exposure, if you go around the world, is telling me 
and telling a lot of other humans out there who see this, who are actually paying attention and really paying attention, is that we're missing the key ingredients as humans. Okay, if you want to take it to Christianity, you want bread and wine is about sustenance of human. But it's also about in back in the day, 2,000 years ago, like getting wine and bread and having a living and not starving wasn't a, a, a possibility all the time. Like going to church and getting a piece of bread and a little wine was like getting coffee and donuts right now. It brought people in. It was a warming, welcoming because it was food. And if you're an alcoholic, you're not going to drink the wine, but you're, it doesn't mean you miss out on the blood of Christ, okay? So I'm going to tie something here just for everyone. The food and the nutrients we bring into our body and we bless every day if you, when you eat it is the same as the bread and the wine in some ways. And I'm not a historian. I'm not going to go do whatever. I'm going to just tell you from my opinion from exposure. Okay, that means this that the most important human thing for leadership, for sustainability, for growth as a human, if you're a Christian moving forward, is to properly put things into your body, the body of Christ, the blood of Christ, okay? That means that I'm taking his nutrients, I'm taking his Holy Spirit, I'm taking parts of him and making it a part of me, okay? If I'm loosely translating this, okay? Everyone's going to get mad at me and call me non-Christian or something, but Here's what's going to happen, okay? If we tie it to who we are as humans and how we've lifted ourselves up through eating diversity foods and animal fats to develop our brains, which made not only our opposable thumbs great, but it made us able to use them in great ways like on keyboards and our brains to work with our thumbs and fingers in amazing ways. So food we eat, it's here. It's the answer right in front of us. And doing what humans do, we often complicate things so greatly when the solution is, okay, I love engines. I love gasoline. I love the smell of it. I grew up tractors and whatever. But now if I really understand where we need to go as humans, it's less about pollution. Okay. Yes. Do we need to get off this planet before we destroy it? Yep. But the solar is about food. It's about the ability to get off this planet. It's about ability to make sure that we take care of the plants and animals that are here on this planet and the plants and animals that we have to take with us. So exposures well beyond thinking just, okay, you know, what did happen in the government today in the United States? Oh, and what's happening in India? Yes, those things are important. But if we start to get more exposure, we're going to start to have a more global view of things and realize that as humans, we have more in common than we have indifference. And that it's okay to find those commonalities and go chase the stars and go make sure that we eat properly, that we take care of the animals on our planet properly. Okay, someone wants elephant tusks. How do we grow elephants? We can eat the elephant and we can sell the tusks. I'm sorry, we can figure this out. We're smart. We can preserve the species, eat them, give the medicine what they need and try to figure this out without poaching and all that. We can try to figure this out. I know it's a lot more complicated than that. Everyone's going to call me an idiot. 
but it is that simple guys there are simple solutions the way we eat solves a lot of problems the way we choose to eat and get over the stereotypes in our head and go expose ourselves to the way a lot of other people in the world eat goat pheasant cornish hen pigeon snails horse they're all eaten in the united states we eat alligator bison elk deer you know um duck so does a lot of other places but these are big deals to us we they, we need to start to live within our environment and i'm not saying i need to put a farm in every property but i am starting to say like we need to ask for more diversity in our food, especially post-COVID, especially with the world having less and less diversity and us getting less and less exposure to all the beautiful tomatoes in the world and all the beautiful peppers in the world. If you go expose yourself to the world, you will see you are a sheltered food eater, particularly in the United States. You are no different than how we line up cattle and we feed them certain amount of things. Like, that's it, guys. And that's no one's fault. We just aren't exposed to the world. And everyone's like, oh, we have Chinese restaurants and Japanese and Indian. We have plenty of exposure. True. But within a certain set list of ingredients and a certain set list of spices, go to Turkey and walk the spice markets. Expose yourself to that. Go to India and expose yourself to all the different food with all the different spices across all the different regions. Expose yourself to what it's like to be in a country that doesn't eat beef or pork so well I think I think it's important you eat every animal you can and diversify it and we start to embrace all of it and become more a part of our animal kingdom not by saving every animal's life but by saving more of their lives and creating more of those animals by also eating them and then rotating them in our soils to help with carbon, to help with diversity, to help with plants and animals. You rotate them and nature already created the system. We just want to shortcut it as humans. But when we shortcut it and we take the easy path, we're missing the fact of our responsibility that we have great responsibility over the entire animal kingdom as the smartest and most intelligent in the animal kingdom now. Maybe we weren't always, maybe we weren't always the biggest, maybe we weren't always the top of the food chain, but we are now. And we're the proverbial angels over all the other creatures. We have the ability to touch them and change their lives. Good, bad, or indifferent, no different than anyone else we know in any other religion. Things die, and for the good, you have to have life and death. Okay, so as humans, if we want to live and we want to preserve our lives as much as possible, and we don't want to have famine, we don't want to have bad things happen to us, we have to look at the solution a little different. And exposure on a worldly view will tell you that the greatest connector is food. It's what makes us all the same. But it's also what makes us different. It's also what we need to take with us to survive and, and live for the rest of our lives and make sure that the legacy after us and our families have the ability to live on after. So I really want everyone to think about it, expose yourself to the world, but what is it 
that we're trying to see here? Are we just trying to take our family on a trip and they can take photos on Instagram and post them? Hey guys, guess what? Aren't we cool? We were in Venice. Yes, people do that, but and I do it too. You'll see my photos, but why are we actually there? Are we there to see the museums and the history? Sure, it's important. But what's most important? How does that history tie into the culture, to the people, to the food? What do they eat? How do they survive? What are their jobs? What do they do for a living? How easy is it to start a business there? Okay, because we have this also mindset in America that it's so easy and entrepreneurial, but condition, we're conditioned to be entrepreneurial. We're conditioned to be risk takers in the United States more than anywhere else. It's part of who we are. We have growth and we have rapid growth and we have a country that's still growing. We have land to grow and every country in the world tries to come into our market to take advantage of how much we grow and get their piece of it, which is funny to me because we don't keep our own pieces, but that's a whole other topic. But on a worldly view, if all of we, us were thriving for food and all of us were thriving for our legacy in terms of leadership of our future, in terms of understanding that we're going to outgrow our planet. How would you change things for your legacy and your future? Expose yourself and find out. For me, it's food. I know it's where I ended up, but it's my calling. It's one of my purposes. It's one of my callings. Tie in the leadership, tie in that I do a podcast, tie in that I have a voice and I feel I like learning uh, a great deal. My purpose becomes so much greater. It becomes worldly view and it becomes, hey guys, we can take little steps every day as individuals to make a massive difference that has an echoing effect over generations and stop believing the BS. It's not about plant-based protein. It's not about 3D printing food. Those things are important and they're complementary, but they are not the solution. They are supplemental to help sustain life and not die. I get it. But you still have to look at what is our purpose? What are we as animals? Are we shortcutting something that is our greater purpose and can give us greater growth as humans? If we diversify more of our food and our diets and our spices, can we have greater brains? Do we become bigger humans, smaller humans, smarter humans? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't hurt to expose yourself to all of it. The food, the cultures, the world, and start to be thinking big. Because the magic of thinking big it's a great book, but now take it to a global scale and expose yourself to the world as a leader and become a worldly leader. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for listening in. I love you guys. I appreciate all the feedback and um, rock on.